If you've ever asked for suggestions for what to watch next, then this podcast is for you. Okay, go. I'm Jen Keel. And I'm Danielle Maldonado. And you're listening to The Stereo Sisters. (laughs) We don't have an idiot scale. We're trying to talk with our eyes. (laughs) This is borderline so stupid, I don't even want to answer the question. I'm not going to go to jail for you or anybody. Something about this makes me feel like a six-year-old who's going to get some candy. Oh, you can't handle the truth. I'm feeling an ambush coming on. Welcome to Watch This, Not That, the podcast that tells you what to watch next on your favorite streaming source. (laughs) Hi, everybody. We just happened to finish an awesome, awesome show. Glass Onion. Which I really... Mystery, which, by the way, apparently was not supposed to be called Knives Knives Out. Out. Little baby cry baby Ryan Johnson. But I really have to say, I would have been thrilled to see this in the theater. Yes. I was not happy to see it at home. Well, um, hmm. I mean, I, I either. Well, I started it while my husband was in the bathroom. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it was very convenient to watch. And, but I, I wonder if it was a mistake because what did it have 81 million views in the first 24 hours or something like that. Right. Because people want to see this show. Yeah. Because it was good. It's not a show. It's a movie. Movie. Well, but that's exactly, again, to my point. To your point. To your point. Yeah. So we are doing this wonderful podcast. Review. On. Knives Out. Glass Onion. Knives Out Mystery. And I'm really excited. It was really good. I want to say something, though. So one of the things that bothers me about our podcast is the feeling that I have that I must be prepared. So I don't want to be prepared. (laughs) So if I don't know, right. So if there's things that I don't know, you guys don't get to care that if I forget something, because you know what? My brain is like a freaking sieve. Well, and and let us all also know that it is now we're in, we're in the week in betwixt Christmas and New Year's right now reviewing this. So if you're actually catching us very close to the live moment of this review, that means that you're catching us in between Christmas and New Year's 2022, because that's when we're actually recording this. Or if you're catching us much later than um, happy 2023 or whatever year or date or whenever you're listening, but that's where we are today. Today is somewhere around that day. What does that have to do with what I just said? Because that's part of what happens is life catches you. And right now we're busy. Like it is busy, busy, right? Okay, Uh, what I would like to say is part of what we love about this is the cast of characters, how Mm -hmm. well it's written, yeah, um, how different it is than everything else that's out there. Totally different than everything else that's out there and different than Knives Out was. Yes. I think I was really expecting to see something very Knives Out-y and... Knives Out was... It was a little knives in It was... <laughs> you know what's so funny? Because I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Oh, by the way, I was going to say, it's impossible to do this podcast without spoilers. So if you don't want to know, if you don't want this to be spoiled, then you really just can't listen to it until afterwards. And then, you know, we can chat. But it just isn't possible. So we're not even going to be like, here's the beginning of what we want to tell you. Now spoilers go away. It's okay. just spoilers. But what I was going to say is that one of the reasons... Um, you can't, (laughs) you can't what? You can't hear the dogs barking. I already checked it on the levels. (laughs) One of the reasons that, um, this was a spoiler that I was going to give. So 
Something that's really funny is that one of the reasons we really like this movie or these types of movies is because they seem to be like Clue and we love Clue yes. so much, right? Do you remember what Daniel Craig, who is yes, oh, ben was so funny. yes, that he hates Clue? Yes. But so she fun. ends up, be, one of the really cool things in this whole um, movie is that uh, Janelle... Mon, Mon, whatever, just whatever say her their name names. Her name, well, Andy, thing, and just, she plays Andy and, and Helen, she plays Helen, yes. which is a spoiler. Totally. Um, that she uses, like, look, she's she's in, in her real life character, she's also a third grade teacher, but she uses, like, the clue skill set of, like, motive opportunity, motive opportunity. Yeah, because she said how much, even though he doesn't like clue, she said how much... Um, when she tries to draw it out, she's like, this looks a lot like a clue score pad. Right. You know, and, and so it was interesting because they did keep coming back to that. It's funny because I have a love hate relationship with Ryan Johnson, who's the director of Knives Out. Right. And what's the, what's the hate part of it? Because he did it. I don't love the job he did on the last Star Wars movie that he did. Oh, we won't, you know, we We won't won't go there. Go there. Okay. But, um, I will take this moment to eat some popcorn. Okay. One of the things that I have recognized from other podcasts that I actually enjoy listening to is that they don't cut this kind of stuff out. They okay. just do it. So Danielle feels the need to eat popcorn, which I know for a fact you guys can hear her crunching because when I was checking levels earlier, I was eating popcorn myself. Oh my gosh. And the kitten is like fascinated with you eating She's popcorn. She's talking about me in third person. Yep. I am. Who Danielle? Well, Danielle why is eating I, popcorn. Why wouldn't I talk about you in the third person? You. Yeah, but we are doing a podcast where I am Jen and you are Danielle, <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe. So I think it's easier for people since they're not actually watching us. Although we did live stream our last podcast that we did. Did you ever post it? I did post oh, it. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So anyway. Let's, I really want to just kind of get into okay. what was so great. Okay. So in the beginning, mm. in the beginning, it was interesting how they started out like it was in the pandemic. Yes. And that was interesting because at first I was a little, um, abraded by it. Right. As if I had fallen off of a motorcycle traveling at 60 miles an hour and gotten massive road rash. And I wasn't quite sure how, if I was going to recover. It was a little PTSD-ish. Um, where was it going to go? People were wearing masks. Were they going to take the masks off? Were they going to wear the mask? I would like to let you talk for a second because then I have a second piece to add. So I don't want to take over okay, the conversation. Well, no, I agree with that. One of the things I thought right away, which I think that I have also this love-hate relationship with people using COVID in movies and books because... I don't think any of us want to be reminded of the time that everything was shut down. And I think that what happened was I read a couple of articles about when you're when people were writing books that they should not ignore COVID. So if they're writing a book that takes place in 2020 or 2021, they need to include COVID in the book. And I thought to myself, huh, I don't know about that because it doesn't make a story evergreen. I'm always talking about evergreen content whenever I'm talking to the writers who write for me. And that evergreen content is best because you will make the most money off of evergreen content. And so I had, so it might want to clarify what evergreen content means. Evergreen content means that it, 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 Stays. transcends space and time it will always be relevant 
It's never like, okay, this must have happened uh, over Valentine's Day, or it must have happened. For us, For um, in my daytime life, it would be don't write something that is just about graduation, or don't write something that is specifically about seventh grade. Although sometimes those do well. But anyway, so it's more something that anybody can read at any time. And what happened to me with the COVID thing is it sucks me out for a minute. And it I'm not in the story. I am more now in my head. You know, we're in COVID. COVID sucks. I don't want to think about COVID. I don't want to know about COVID. Oh, yeah, I remember that those articles I read where people said, make sure you include COVID. You know, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, no, 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 I want to be in the story. I don't want to be thinking about those things. And COVID stuff gives me PTSD. Right. Now, before we even go any further than talking about that, again, because there were some other really cool pieces and people that they brought into it and ways that they did it. But we, but in the very beginning. Right. In the very, very beginning of the story. Because I don't want to glaze over that because that was part the of the storyline. the very beginning line. of the story also is hilarious. It was very, very, right. Like, and sad. And sad. Right. Hilarious but, and PTSD. So before we get, so we can get to that first because then there was something that I thought was smart and stupid all at once. So we'll, what do we go? How do we go? First, we let's go? talk about the bathtubs. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> The bathtub scene when Benoit Blanc is in the bathtub. So Benoit Blanc is in the bathtub and he's like, yeah, he's like taught, he's playing among us, among us, which is so funny because I'm trying to figure it out because we spent when, when among us was so popular with our kids, I had never seen it on anything other than an iPhone, than an iPhone. So I'm trying to figure out what is this game that looks so familiar on a screen. Yeah. You and I'm like an R in that word. Familiar. Isn't that the way you say it? Familiar. There's no R. You don't spell familiar with an R. I didn't say familiar. You said familiar. Fermi like Fermi Lab? For, yeah. Oh, interesting. It was just fun. I'm just pointing it out because it's all right. funny. Anyway, it was very like I'm like, did they make this game up and they, did they did they steal? Did they steal Among Us? Were right. They, and then all of a sudden I realized that they were truly playing Among Us, but he was on a real screen. Right. Anyway, and then it was cute because he had famous friends. Yes, he had famous friends. I loved how they did that because then they made the character of Benoit Blanc seem like a real person. Right. So we're actually watching like a true life story about a guy who really exists. Right. Because he's playing with Angela Lansbury and Stephen Song Sondheim and Natasha Leone and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And that they would be friends in real life. And that they were and that they were friends in real because life. Because I think then that sort of was something creative that the writer, number one, he was able to get all of them somehow, mm-hmm. whatever it was, creatively say, Oh look, wouldn't that be fun? And that they all agreed to the fact that they would play cameos. Right. In the movie. So that was cool. That was a very creative. Yeah. Um, artistic. And and play. so this, this, he's, he's in the bathtub and basically he's been in the bathtub through the whole pandemic. Right. Refusing and, to get out. Yeah. And, and like, then you see books strewn about and all yeah. sorts of other things. And then he gets the, the big piece that's tying all these people together is that they're getting this sort of magic box, whatever puzzle box that everyone needs to solve to get them to come to the, the party. Um, of which I'm going to jump really well, just I really uh, what you guys are going to have to be okay with is if we use the actors names instead of the characters names too which I think will be helpful to a lot of people who are watching it anyway we might say the first time around who they are and what their character names are but um oh right but we're going to I thought it was Miles Braun 
Yeah, but um, everything I read said it was Milebron, oh, which I, I thought it was Miles. Me too. Thought it was Miles. Okay. So well, anyway, let me double played check. by as Ed Norton. But anyway, so meanwhile, so I think he Miles Brown. I'm going to go for Miles. I think he likes to be called Edward Norton. Okay, now. except for he'll always be Ed Norton to me. I know, right? Sorry, whoever, however snooty tooty Weston fruity you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. meanwhile, back at the ranch. As I was saying, it was hysterical, though, then, when the person who came to the door, who was the the person he clearly lived with, was none other than Hugh Grant. Yeah, but we don't find that out right away. We don't see him. He comes with an apron to get the, yeah, Hugh Grant. No, we don't see him the first time. We see him when the story gets retold. We only hear him. Huh. The first time we only hear him and we don't know who he is, but it's okay because this is full of spoilers. Right. So it does turn Miles Braun. Well, so I've been looking it up and correct. It is Miles Braun. So whatever article that I decided to get the names from when I was writing it up for. Wrong. Yeah. And I think it was like USA Today or something. So you guys don't do your own editing very well. So anyway. Yes. Anyway, so, so he's good. right. So the thing that finally gets him out of the bathtub is this puzzle box. Okay. But so we don't, all we know is that the puzzle. So all these characters. Right. So there's a group of characters. We cannot figure out how they are tied to each other. But what we see about each of them in the beginning is what their life is like currently. And that they all are connected and talk to each other with much happiness and conviviality yes and like they're they're connected and in a very happy way they're not angry with each other they really care about each mm -hmm. other and they trust each other like completely right right it's very it's you feel it's almost kind of like a big chill feeling like or be but more than that so yeah they're like best friends they just seem like best friends and they're they have no other thread that connects them all of their lives seem completely yeah. disconnected. One, you know, when you look for... So here are the, the cast of characters, right? Um, you've got Lionel. And right. he's like a famous scientist. Like, he's a crazy scientist mm-hmm. who's super genius, like mm-hmm. a physicist, whatever it is that he is. I think he's some kind of a physicist. Right. right? And early on, it's clear that he works for Miles. Right. So, because there's something going on where there he's in a conference call, he's on a Zoom where some every very some, powerful some people. big big heavy hitters who are like, you have to stop him, you can't let him do this. Right. This is absurd, and he's kind of like, I, you know, right. He does what he wants to do. I've tried. So he's and is he's the first. Is his the first box we see? Actually, that's not the first box we see. The first box we see is, um, gosh, I don't even remember the order of the boxes. Well, let's go through the, the cast of characters first. So there's there's Lionel, right, who's the scientist. And, um, and then there is, oh, Catherine Hahn plays that, um, the Claire, the senator, and, yeah, she does an um, amazing job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a meowing kitty. Um, yeah, she's she's really good. I, I actually, I've in the, all the things that I've ever seen her in, I feel like she's so flexible. Yeah, you know. 
So Catherine Hahn plays the senator, and you see her. She's got to do a Zoom. She's at home. I think her, she's the first person that we see. She got the first box. She did get, she the, did first get box. the first box. Right. And she's the first person that we see truly interacting in a pandemic world right. where um, she's like doing things mask on, mask off. And then she has to talk. And to, she talks. Right. She talks. She's to on like CNN. CNN. She's also, and she talks about like teach how she's got kindergarten in her house. And right. Exactly. What it's like to do that. Yeah. So she's the senator. And, um, and then Kate Hudson is Birdie, who's like this total flitty party girl yeah. who clearly opens her mouth and doesn't think and just literally, she, yeah, like an, her phone has been taken away. Right. Because she tweets things away, and right. doesn't think about what she says before yeah. she says them. And she's like, I'm, I'm a truth teller. I'm a, you know, I'm an I, idiot. I, I say, right. <laughs> I'm just an idiot. I, I just, I say, I, I say, I say it like I see it kind of person. And yeah, there, that gets unpacked later better. Uh, no, it gets packed right away where she says she doesn't know that the word Jewy. Well, right. No, but what I mean is that when she gets called out on it later. Right. Right. So she gets called because everybody is like loves her anyway. We love you. You know, she's good. She surrounds herself with yes, with yes, yes people. Ma- right. The whole, with, she's at a party. Right. With sycophants. Yes. Yes. And she's because she's Kate Hudson. She's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And she's still beautiful. Right. Although I'm sorry, Kate Hudson, I would like to say, please, all you people in Hollywood, stop with the fillers and the injections and the this and the that. I yes, mean, you're beautiful the way yes, you are. Yes, come on. Honest to goodness. Yeah, exactly. It's got to stop. And you're all skinny enough, too, by the way. Yes. I would like to say. Oh, my gosh. When she was like, she was ready to go in the pool and then she saw... Who was the girl who played whiskey? whiskey? Who is from? Oh, who's from Outer Banks? I know. I was, I was so excited you. to see I her. I was, I was so gonna, excited. Oh my gosh! I was going to ask you. I mean, oh. I knew you did. I was like, I'm not even going to say to Danielle. Oh. Did she realize that it the was the minute I saw her? I was like, Yay! I have. First of all, I, I love Outer Banks. I mean, I know some. It's a some people love Outer Banks. Some people could care less. Some people have never even watched it. Whatever. But I really, especially that last season of Outer Banks. I know this is not about Outer Banks. I'm very sorry that I'm going on a tangent. But anyway, when I saw that she was playing that role that made me very happy for her because I, I just I feel like she deserved a good role yeah I it's funny because she was one of the only characters I like we were going to do a podcast on Outer Banks way back in the beginning right and I didn't love Outer Banks so we wound up not doing right, it I watched it. the first season and was like eh and maybe we but, will pick it up because the second, the third, the, the we third, have so much other stuff. Okay, to do. but they're going to drop it. They said that there's Emily in Paris. We have to do uh, what's that other one that you don't like? That Jordan, we, Ginny and Georgia. No, no, no. The other one that did so well that was our number two. Oh, the one about the river downloaded. thing. No, uh, the other one. No, what? Apparently, it's no with an A. <laughs> okay, back anyway. Okay. So, so, okay, so anyway, right. Whiskey's character, who is Dave Batista, whose name's Duke, his girlfriend. Yes, right. And we, I was so happy to see him. He's in oh my so gosh, much. he's amazing. It's amazing I love to him. me that they've been A- able to put him in so many movies, and people aren't like, "Hey, that's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy," or "Hey, that's the guy." Like he. He can only be him, and yet he's an amazing Especially actor. because he's, to me, he's so identifiable well, from that's Guardians what I mean. of the Galaxy. Like, right? that's totally. who he is. Exactly. But anyway. So, um, anyway, so yeah, she's she's his girlfriend, and, um, and she's obviously 
gorgeous, gorgeous, amazing body, everything. And when she gets in the pool, Kate Hudson was about to get in the pool. And then she's like, yeah, I think I'll wait. And it was just one of those moments, like all I was talking to my daughter about this from Western culture, because she was even saying how, because my mother-in-law, who is 86, whatever, five different times in the last however many days that she's seen her since it's Christmas time again, has been like, oh, you look like you've lost so much weight. Oh, you know, but not in a way where she's trying to be negative or 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 even trying to be positive. She's just making comments because right. because she's growing. So she's, you know, right. that's what she's happens. Getting she's tall. getting taller she's and whatever. Right. She's, she's be- right. and whatever. She's, yes. Just what she's becoming. And she's like, I don't understand. I don't like it. I don't like that she's paying attention to what my body looks like. Right. And I said, sweetheart, it's Western culture. Yeah. It is very much Western culture. And it's just, you have to shut it out. You have to be able to shut it out. And I wish it wasn't true. And I wish that all this, you know, body positivity talk and all of that really meant something. But the reality is, is that Hollywood makes the rules when it comes to this stuff. Hollywood media, they make the rules. And we can tell our daughters and the girls in our lives everything that we want to tell them and it and everything we can do to support them but if it isn't reflected in what we show them on the big screen and on TV it's not going to matter yeah and you know i i just think these women are it's like who's going to go first right, right? who's gonna, nobody wants to be the first person to not work out all day and eat like a bird Right. I know right. nobody wants to be the first person to live like a normal person. Or if they do that, when it's time to get ready for a movie, they go on diets and work out all work day. Out, right, eight so, hours you a know, day. And, and they aren't their normal selves. When they do those Instagram pictures where they're showing their normal bodies, they don't have that body anymore when it's time to do a movie. Right. So I just, I do, I feel a little disappointed. And there's part of me that wondered if only a man could have written that at this in this day and age. Only a man could have. I mean, I guess that's not really true when I think about it now is that a woman could easily have written that. But I guess my point is, is only a man could have thought Kate Hudson could have delivered that line with with, with a, you know, I mean, they're both gorgeous thin and beautiful. It didn't matter. So to us, and maybe, to the public watching it, it was it almost didn't make any sense because. But maybe that's the whole point. Maybe his point was it's a joke. Yeah, and that's probably how he saw. It. I like, hope what so. A joke because um, you know, this bumped Brian Johnson up for me into the higher levels of okay, dude, I get you and I like you. So and because of that, I do. I hope that that was more of a joke, like a, sat- a satirical point. Right. Okay. And we don't so, want to like, and we, and we sort of got off of the rails too, because what we talked about so far is that the two people who've gotten, well, let's just say the people <laughs> that have gotten the boxes so far in the conversation that we've had <laughs> have been Lionel and um, Benoit Blanc and Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. So Birdie gets her box, right? And um, and Birdie needs help solving. Oh my the- gosh, Birdie needs help with every single puzzle. Uh, and same with it's. Oh my gosh. So when Dave Batista gets his, his mom, his mom, he does. She's not even looking. And she's like, it's a this. And he's like, shut up, mom. You know, he doesn't say shut oh, up. Because, wait, but when he did. Oh, when he said shut up to his mom. Because he's live streaming. Yeah. <laughs> so he's live streaming his whole thing where he's like the man's man. And he says it like it is. Like the man's version of Birdie almost. Yeah. 
says it like it is and he likes breasts and like this whole thing and you're like where the heck is he going right. with this and his mom starts yelling for him from the other room because she's doing his laundry yeah and he's live streaming in the garage and he has to stop live streaming to come talk to her and he's like mom uh, you know and she and he's he said shut up and she smacks him across the face. And that was a hard smack. And I really want to know if she smacked him that hard in real life. Yeah. Because I bet she did. I bet he let her. And it was like, he's like, I'm sorry. You know, he said he was sorry. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was like this m- moment of disrespect, but she put him back in his place. Yes. And then I liked him because I was like, okay, he does respect his mom. Right. Because he was sorry. So, but it was funny because, so they're all, so what happens is they wind up all getting on the phone together. And so they like party line it, so to speak, because there's so many of them on the phone together. It's not just like a three-way call. It's like everybody's on the phone together and they're solving this puzzle together. And um, really, right, Birdie basically, (laughs) she can't solve a single one of them. And uh, and Dave's, Birdie's assistant helps too. Yes, Birdie. Bert, and, and then, then Yo Yo Ma. Yes, now, was at Birdie's party. I know it was crazy. So one of them was it was a fugue, and he explains the concept of a fugue because she he wasn't the one to figure it. The out. mother figured the it out. Mom the mom figured right. it out. And it's funny because I think the mom figured out half of them. Right. I actually think that she figured out more than half. But sometimes somebody else said right. it at the same time. But it was like the Fibonacci sequence. Right. So like some of them, they went very slowly on. Other ones, they kind of breezed over. But um, yeah, so Yo-Yo Ma comes in and explains what a fugue is and right. how a fugue works. And it was like, I was sitting here watching it and I was like, Kim, Kim, that's Yo-Yo Ma. You know, yeah. like, I think he was probably the cameo I was the most excited yeah. to see because he was... I don't know. He the most famous. Yeah, and like he legitimized it. All, like I'm like, oh, if Yo-Yo Ma is going to be in this, like, hmm. Right. People with like true depth of talent. Right. Exactly. So, okay. So then the one thing though, what is that sound? Animal. I don't think so. Yes, animal. I see animal. It's little animal. Oh, is she chewing on cardboard? Okay, really? Okay, I don't know. I just, it was, I was confused. Okay, so the one thing that we don't see, the person who's not included, and this is, there's so, what the heck? She's got to be chewing on some serious cardboard. Okay, the one thing that we don't see, and the thing that I think in hindsight was a real clue, was the person who played, who is Andy, as far as we know, Cassandra, in the beginning, she takes a look at the box, looks around the box, and then goes and grabs a hammer. No, no, no. But at first we think they first show her solving it. The original thing they show her solving it. No, they don't. Yes, they do. She's sitting in the garage and she goes and she grabs a hammer. That's the second time. No, it isn't. The first time they show her solving it. No, it's not. Yes, I do. I'm Googling that because I don't believe you. Okay. So you say anyway, what you think because I'm Googling it. Anyway, it opens up and they all get an invitation to come to Miles' party on his island to for them to solve the mystery of his death. Right. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in all that, they all go. And what we don't know is, we don't know why also. I want to say something. What? Um, and it's that um, because this was a Knives Out movie, um, my assumption was that we were going to wind up seeing that um, the murder was going to be real. So they would get to the island. Right. And he would be dead already. I thought it was going to be that they would get to the island, he would fake his death, but somebody would actually kill him instead. Right. That's what I thought was going to happen. Right. Okay. But okay. here's the thing. So they all show up on the dock to go to his Greek island. And what was so funny was something that also, that, um, that like, was all pulled out already for us that Benoit Blanc showed for us were, were all of these ridiculous things that Ed Norton said that were all fake isms. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait. No, 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 no. We can't go there. Okay, yet. we won't that, go there. Yet. That's like halfway through. Okay, the so movie. fine. So we'll, we will get there. But when they get to the when they get to the dock, yeah, people wait, show wait. up. Okay, wait. Who first? Of, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. That's what you were saying. They okay. get to the dock. Yes. People show up in masks. In masks. Again. Outside. Outside in masks. So A, people were refusing to hug. Yes. Do we hug? Do we hug? And some people are like, no. Yeah, but Dave Batista, he's a hugger. And he didn't show up with a mask. Nope. And Oh, um, and Birdie had a mesh mask. He had a mesh mask like that, right? Okay, fine. That was awesome. But then they literally spray stuff in your mouth. Who? Who? It Who was, does it? Oh, right. It was, it was Ethan, Ethan Hawke, Hawk, who was my new favorite person. Our new person from Gattaca, right? Of course, the Gattaca man Gattaca, would show exactly. up and, uh-huh. and give us yeah, our so antidote. I want to tag Ethan Hawke so he listens to this podcast right. and hears He's our, we, he's like, our antidote man from Gattaca. always loved Gattaca, FYI. Excuse me. And I, exactly. He's the antidote man from, at, from Gattaca. He is giving everybody the antidote right. to, to COVID. To COVID. That was his purpose. That yeah. was what they were getting. So, because he said, you won't need it now. Because they're like, wait, do I need do I have to put my mask back on? No, you won't need it. No longer will you need that. You're yeah. fine now. You're yeah. fine now, I believe, is what he said. Yeah. But it was just, that to me was like, they were just erasing it. It was like, don't worry about it anymore. And and what I felt like was when, I don't know when they actually filmed it or when this was written or any of that kind of thing. But it was like, it was his way of I need to get away from the need to have masks because I don't know how long this whole mask thing is going to go on. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we cannot have a movie. You no, know, and it was. It was filmed during the pandemic. Right. So absolutely. They, right. You cannot have, you couldn't have the movie with masks on. Right. But you couldn't explain it away either without explaining it away. Exactly. So, right. They had no choice but to do that. But I did love, you know, this is the beginning of, well, not the beginning. I mean, obviously, Yo-Yo Ma was a cameo before that. But, you know, the cameos. And, oh, and duh, everybody playing Among Us. And, oh, which, by the way, I just want to, like, circle back really fast to the fact that Benoit Blanc could never win Among Us. He said, I just just don't get this game. Right. So, which, well. That's because AI is smarter than all of us. Right. So, yeah. So, um, 
when they get to the dock, that's what happens. Uh, when they get to the dock, th- there are a few little things that kind of happen that, um, I don't know about you and, and w- we, we can get to it in a second, I guess more is that there's a few things that happen that make me think that, um, that were a little too foreshadowy for me. But meanwhile, what happens is, is that they all get there. They all are know each other. Everybody right. knows each other. Benoit Blanc knows none of them. And they're all like, well, what are, you know, oh my gosh, you're the famous. And oh, oh, only Miles would invite the famous Benoit Blanc to his own murder mystery. Right, 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 right. So right. they welcome him as part of the whole idea. And what's interesting to me, too, is that, you know, he did that thing that he did in Knives Out that I, you know, he sits back, but he also plays dumb. He does that Columbo thing. Yes. Right, know? right, 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 right. Because, you know, and I think that any of us who love these murder mysteries or detective stories all can agree that these guys do it best because when you, it's disarming. It's, you know, I, I'm stupid. I don't know anything, you know, and they, you'll, they'll talk about things in mm-hmm. front of you because right. they think that you're dumb or they'll tell you too much when they're explaining things to you. So I kind of love that seeing that happen right from the beginning. And then when Cassandra or Andy pulls up, none of them expected her to be there. Right. And that was clearly, so right away we're like, well, what is the deal with this? So here's this whole group of friends, right? Where they're all besties. They all know her, but she's not a bestie. And what is she doing there? Right. So that was an interesting little twist. And, and we as the audience don't know that there's a that she shouldn't be there. Right. Because we still have not been given the entire story yet. Or even half of it yet. Right. So then there is the whole thing that happens when they get on the island, which is that you know, he's so happy to see them. Everybody's loving him. Everybody's excited. Everybody's jumping on him. And oh my gosh, and this is so you and how exciting this is going to be so much fun. And he's got everything set up to do all this crazy sciencey stuff. Like I picked your rooms based on your chakras and you have these haptic bracelets that'll point you in the direction of your room and all that crazy stuff. And they're all like, oh, my, you know, like everybody's like, oh, Miles, oh, Miles. Um, when Andy gets off the boat, he's like, I'm, he looks at her funny and he's like, I'm surprised you came. And he's, she said, well, why wouldn't I have come or uh, something to the extent of I had to come or why wouldn't I have come? And, you know, you know, there's something between them that's unspoken at the moment. Right. And then he sends everybody off and, and he acts like everything is normal. And then he says, you know, Miss, Mr. Blanc, will you wait a second? And he says, he says, what are you doing here? And he's like, what do you mean? What am I doing here? And he said, well, what are you doing here? He said, well, you're, you invited me. Right. And he said, well, how did I invite you? He said, well, I got a box. So they go through this whole 
back and forth. And he makes a point to say, oh, I got this box with right, all these, these childish, childish puzzles. Child puzzles that I was able to solve in a matter of minutes, seconds, right. I think he even said. And then there was an invitation on the inside. Yeah. And so... So I came. And then he says, oh, I'm so embarrassed. You know, I'll just, I'll leave. I'll catch the next. Yeah. And, and then, you know... And Miles is like, no, you know, this is... You know, let's figure this out, and and well, you know, it it's it's cool, it's great to have you here, and and you know, and then um, Benoit kind of feeds him this idea that well, you know, yeah, I should stay, and I should. If you didn't send it to me, you need to know who did, and right. if we don't make a big deal about it, then it's easier for us to figure out who did it. Well, and that's also how we know that Miles is just a fraud in general was that he didn't even. He didn't well, even know that his box could be reset, that somebody else made the box for him, that Miles himself well, but is that not doesn't a happen until later that that all gets broken down like that. No, because he doesn't know his, at that point, well, right, he doesn't but know. He doesn't, well, yeah, but at that point, he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to show his hand. Though. No, but I'm so saying that that's be... when we start to recognize like Miles, do, like Miles is like, oh yeah, I had those boxes made, made for, for me. me, right? So and right, so that's like it's possible that some, you know, he's like, well, is it possible someone could have made an extra one? Or right. and he said, well, I guess it's possible. So meanwhile, he tells everybody to go and relax and meet back for dinner for the murder mystery. You right. know where the murder mystery is going to start, and um, that's when we see everybody like go to the pool. Right, 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 right. Relax. And that's kind of when the stories start to unfold about their relationships with each other. And there's a lot of name dropping that happens around here, which I kind of loved, which is, I think that at some point already, they had mentioned the, um, the hot sauce, Jeremy Jeremy Renner's um, small batch hot sauce. Yes. Which, as I love, you know, to mention Jeremy right. Renner because he's Hawkeye. So that's great. So I'm happy to hear his name. And I just, I love it too because it's just more fun. And it and it's Jeremy Renner. So they're using the person's real name. They're right. not well, using Well, it's like, and they also talked about she was drinking the kombucha. So, right. So Jared Leto's hard kombucha, kombucha. Um, everybody was drinking that. Here, have some. And, um, you know, and these are all companies And in the very, asked. very beginning, when he was making, uh, in the very beginning, he talked about, um, at the very beginning, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Dave Batista makes mention that he pineapple is a no-go for him. Well, right. So that's one of the things I was going to say is that this is one of the things is that when, as soon as somebody, I don't care how you want to play it. As soon as somebody says they have a food allergy in any movie, any TV show, whatever, you know it's going to get used against them. For sure. So the minute he says there's no pineapple in it, right? Right. Then you know at some point that's going to come in. Right. It's going to come. He's like, because, you know. That's a no. That's a no go for. Yeah. Or code. What does he call himself? The Duke. Duke. Yeah. The Duke. Something like that. So, yeah, that's there's that exactly from the very beginning. And then. The scene we talked about where it was, um, you know, she with the pool and the whiskey and the birdie. And then, you know, um, birdie sits down next to um, 
Catherine Hahn's character, what's her name, Claire, and she's like, oh, so nice to see you, like, dressed for the occasion, or whatever it is. She makes fun of the fact that Claire's just, like, a mom, you know, dressed in a mom in a mom sweatshirt her hair is a mess and she's you know which i loved because you know what great good for you being around all these chickies and not having to go the extra feeling like you need to go the extra mile so then there comes a point where they're just all sitting around together and um already it is clear that whiskey is too familiar with miles like they're all you know, she comes over and hugs him and sits by him and he's got his arm around her. And we're, I'm all like, you know, what's that about? And, and, uh, Dave, why? I I mean, I feel like he's the only one I can't call by his real name. That's because he's Dave Batista. Because he's Duke Cody, which is like a guy with, which name, which is your name? (laughs) Duke or Cody. So he, it doesn't seem to bother him a lot in the beginning. And then we think it's bothering him. But anyway, they're, so they're all sitting around, they're all getting, they're all chatting. And then all of a sudden Andy is there. And you mean at the pool or well, oh, when there's, times. this is after the pool. Yeah. After the pool and they're sitting around. Cause at the pool, she shows up sitting next to um, Birdie and that doesn't but she seem drops. Sick- oh, ah! It is. Can we, no, pause for a second. Okay. You keep sliding in these things that happen after there's that point where the whole story changes perspective and that we do not see that. We do see that. We don't see it yet. We saw her put it in there when she sat down next to her in the very first time. I saw it. Well, I didn't see it. Okay. Well, I did see it. Okay. So you saw it. I saw it. So I want to go back. There's all these things I thought I thought this myself because there was one thing that I saw that we did they didn't talk about until the second half of the story. And so I want it made me want to go back and see do we see all of the things or don't we? So okay, fine. So you saw her slide something into the bag. Yes. Okay. So and she just shows up there, but okay, so we can't talk about every moment. So I want to talk about what happens okay. when they're all sitting around and Andy comes up and they're talking. Yes. And she flips out on them. She does. She flips out on them. And there's a lot of like little backbiting that starts to happen, which was interesting too, where they're not like. Well, because at the very, very, very beginning, he explains to them that the whole place is powered by this hydrogen crystal. Right. And they are all very unnerved by this because apparently they all already knew about the hydrogen crystal, but that the hydrogen crystal is very unstable and that at any point in time, it's essentially like the Hindenburg and it can cause a buildup of hydrogen gas, which then will essentially... Which we also didn't know yet, but we knowing that now it's okay because it makes more sense as to why they were all uncomfortable about it. Essentially, she got pissed because they all – she got the company taken from her. Right. Because, exactly. Because she didn't want him to go forward with splitting the co- – because she said if he's going to go forward with the, with the clear product that she's out right. and she's going to take half the company with her. And he said – you can't do that, and that the idea was his, when in actuality, they all knew the idea was, was hers, hers, but because they're all sucking off of, as she calls it, the golden, the golden tit. tit. Yes. And he is, because each one of them, and she called each one of them out at right. that moment. 
Because each one of them has done something so bad because they're all... Well, they're all being bankrolled by him. I don't think that they... they We didn't talk so much yet about the bad things. I think they've come... They came out in pieces, the bad things people did. So what we learned... Because we do know the Birdie with the Twitter thing. No, but no, that's when we learn about Birdie with the sweatshop thing. Well, but... Because we keep hearing little pieces from her, from her... Uh, assistant. assistant that she begs her assistant and she even goes and sees miles and tells miles please 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 and miles yeah, is but- like who are you on the stairs right please 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 don't make her go and announce it and don't he- right but we don't know it's a sweatshop yet but no she then goes back to birdie and birdie said i already did and she says where did you get that phone from but okay i'm not kidding you Jen doesn't know what she's talking no, about. No, 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 no. Yes. I do. I do. And I wish we had a timeline. You are blending the two timelines. You are 100% blending the two timelines. I, I don't... Well, how about this? Google the, uh, I'm to- the glass onion timeline. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is that I think that Danielle is blending the timelines. Because I'm not saying there's anything wrong with knowing like you guys knowing because hopefully you've seen it already unless you really are getting the whole story from us but knowing that there was a sweatshop in bangladesh and that um birdie knew about it but i don't think that no we... it's that birdie thought that a sweatshop meant right that a sweatshop meant, meant a, place a place that, that makes sweatpants sweatpants because what we do find out is that birdie was that what they say is ahead of the curve that she was, she had made these, um, these comfortable, these sweat comfortable sweatpants, like right before the pandemic. So she was like right there, so lucky that she made these sweatpants right before the pandemic hit, right when everybody wanted something comfy but cool to wear. There's this pivotal moment in the middle of the movie where the whole perspective of everything changes. And since we haven't gotten there yet, I kind of would like to. Maybe, I don't know, you want to... Okay, we don't have to, because otherwise this is going to be a nightmare. So here we go. Okay, so So after this big fight and she disappears... Well, right, because she calls out everybody on something, but yeah, and what... And they say, they're like, what do you want from us? And she's like, I, you know, the truth. I want the truth. But not, and then she wanders away because she's so wasted. No, and then he says, and then Dave Bautista gets up and he goes, you want to know the truth? You're the loser. Right. Because she did. She lost. And that was kind of his point is that you're the loser. Except for she. But the reality was, which we come to find out later, because we come to find out a ton of this stuff later, is that she's the loser because they're all a bunch of a-holes because they all lied on the stand. Right. Yeah. And she always. So, okay. So then lots of things happen. Right. So she runs off. She's woozy. They're like, what is up with her? This is not like her. Okay. So right away now you're like, hmm weird why is this not like her and then um both claire and lionel run after her or dave run after her dave yeah is that all of he, them they all no three run the only two of them stop her then it's dave and it's um claire. one of them is claire that's claire and dave. they stop her on the stairs and they're like what's going on you know with you and um not really remember how that whole thing panned out but I do. You do. Okay. Well, then just say it. Because well, it wasn't a flashback. It was in the second round of finding right, information. Right. Exactly. But we don't find it out in the first round of it. Finding right. Out. Okay. And then, um, and then some other things happen now that everybody's kind of splitting away. And one of them is that Dave, Cody Duke, 
uh, he's walking away and he sees Whiskey like getting it on. Yeah, getting it on. They're not having sex, but they're whatever um, with Miles. And then he gets really mad. Okay, so let's just kind of say, like, everybody. Then the dinner party things. happens. So then the dinner party happens. And he's everybody's standing there and he's like, okay, and so this is what's how things are going to go. And this is when, you know, how the, how the, you know, this is, it's starting now. And Benoit Blank stands up and solves it. Within 30 seconds. It hasn't even happened yet. He's not dead yet. He hasn't been killed yet. Like, he, he just, just solves the room. He scans and the scan. room. And he's able to solve the whole thing. And he... He's pissed. He's pissed. He's pissed. Because he paid the lady who wrote... Oh, right. The, he was, she was like the woman who wrote like the 71st Oscars or something. I looked her up. She was a real screenwriter person. Oh, was she? Yeah, so, she's a big... Again, they used a real person's, person's name, name, whatever. Right. So she... Right. He paid somebody a ton of money to write the murder mystery for him and have this whole thing worked out so that they would have a whole weekend of fun. And one of the things they asked, too, actually early on is like, well, after you're dead, are you still going to be around? And he's like, oh, yeah, you just can't ask me questions. So, I mean, there was this, I think right away, in the beginning, you want to like him. You think he's this magnanimous guy and look how nice he is to his friends and how much. And then it's it's not long into the movie where you're like, He's a jerk, I think. Yeah. Like, he's playing his friends. He's controlling his friends. I think when Andy, Cassandra slash Andy, that's her name. They Cassandra, they call her Andy. When she starts to call out him out on stuff, that's when you realize he's not. I, at first, it's really funny. I wanted him. I saw him at first, Ed Norton, and I thought he was Andrew McCarthy. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Because you know what? That's his character. It's always his character. I know. The Andrew McCarthy, like, smarmy. Everything like, he plays. Bad guy, but I'm going to, but how could you think I'm a bad Just guy? Just dick. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I know that's crass, but that's the character he always plays, and he does so well playing Danielle doesn't swear. So. Yeah. I, okay. So, I, I mean, but in the beginning, I really did want to like him. I was like, oh, my gosh, but I'm, of course, you know. That's oh, my gosh. Why. How about, what was the name of the doc? The doc, it was like. La Pisa de Merde, but it wasn't. It was like La Daca de Merde. Or something. And that was right. why they couldn't land back at the dock. Right. No, but they didn't call it that until... No, when they were landing on it right. originally. But they called it... It was more like asshole or something. It was like... Dock of shit was the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> Which we didn't really know why at first. We find out later why. And actually, we start to find out shortly after why. Right? Because... When, after the whole murder mystery thing falls apart, everyone goes back to their rooms, they get ready to come back and have, like, you know, just kind of like a party, and they're all having fun, and they're dancing and having a good time. And Benoit's there, and he's kind of just scanning. He's kind of always background. And um, and then Miles has everybody's favorite drinks. Yes. And he says, he starts handing them to everybody and he's like, I hope I'm still right about this. And he's giving everybody their drinks and everyone's like, oh my gosh, yes. And, you know, everyone's happy to have their, their favorite drinks. So he gives everybody their favorite drinks that he, there is a pointedness to him giving Andy her favorite drink. 
She doesn't comment when he says, um, and you're still drinking whatever whiskey sodas or something. I think it was, I assume. And she doesn't say anything. The whole thing between him and her up until this like midpoint thing is really just kind of, I think we all are wondering what the heck, right? Right. So they're having this little party, bless you. Thank you. And Dave Batista's phone is like ding, ding, going ding, off ding, like going mad. off. And everybody's having fun. Everyone's having a good time. They're dancing. Oh, we find out about the Mona Lisa. Oh, and he that ha- he's always wanted to have, have his, his name, name and the Mona Lisa's name in the same sentence. He wants to be that immortal. That his name and the Mona Lisa's name are going to be in the same sentence. But he was like, so he's showing it off and he's like renting it. The insurance company has made him put in this special um, screen and he's rented it because it's not in, nobody's going to the Louvre. It's the pandemic. So the Louvre was happy to let him, but there was this huge insurance clause and he had to have this crazy um, thing put in that was so sensitive and that it would go off, It like it. It protects it as, at a moment's notice. Right. And so every little thing would make it shut off or shut. Right. Would make it's it like open, a glass close, box. open, open, close, close. Exactly. Open, close. Right. And so he said, but don't tell the insurance company. And he had installed a button that overrode right. the open, close thing. And so it was funny because throughout the night, things would happen and it would close. Right. Or and open. then it would open. And then he and had, right. Close. And then he had that. Yeah, the button. Okay, wait. Just can I quickly go back? The name what, of the doc want? was called Pescashite. Yeah, piece of shit. Right, piece of shit. Yeah, right. Exactly. I just want to say, like, that's just ridiculous. And then, okay, so, yes. So, because, and that, and when you knew with that whole thing with the Mona Lisa that that was going to. That it had to play somehow. We didn't know how, though. No. But it had to play into something. So, there are, um. But I do have to say I was very upset. About the fact that he had the Mona Lisa? Yes. Okay. Yes. I also was not feeling great about that. Also knowing that it had to play a part in something. Okay. So everything's having a good time. Everybody's having fun. Dave's phone is just blowing up. And then all of a sudden. And every time. But I just want to say every time it dings. The, the thing's phone, going oh, up the and Mona down. Lisa. The Mona Lisa's going up and down. So they're like, could you please shut that thing off? And he was, at first he was like, I can't find it. He was sitting on it, something like that. But he doesn't. And then, sorry, that's my computer, not my phone, giving me my little reminders. Um, then. Okay. And then all of a sudden we see a moment where Dave Batista has, has this handshake agreement with. Um, Miles Braun and they're like and he goes and so now this is everything has changed everything has changed right and now you're going to put me on you know whatever your your network and I don't even think we saw that I think we just heard that everything's changed right and then you get a good handshake and they hug and and whatever and everything looks great and 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 Andy gets really mad at him they yell at each other She she, she shoves him and I actually thought that she did something to him because there's a sweep a hand sweep where she actually touches his side with her hand. Who? Andy. Touches whose side? Dave Batista. Okay. Cody, whatever, Duke. And she sh- run, She leaves. Right. She. They get into a fight. She le- There's a lot of stuff. And so, right. She this is like a very much. This is very much. So this much. is where, like, right, a lot of things happen that you have. And so 
This is where I saw the sleight of hand. You did see it. I did see okay, it. Okay, I did and not I said see it. something. I yes. didn't see it. Okay, so, so then. So what happens is, is that, you know, he sits down. So they all decide, okay, let's chill now, you know, and, and Miles sits down next to, next to Dave and he puts his glass, like, I think he said, what, let's t- say a toast? What does he say? Like, but he puts his hand, he puts his glass down at, into Dave Batista's hand. Yes, he you literally see put it, it happen. And I said something, but not, that's what I mean. Like, you saw the recorder. I didn't see the recorder. I saw the sleight of hand with the drinks. You didn't see that. I saw it immediately, and I was like, okay. So then when he starts, so, so Dave Batista drinks his drink and winds up going into anaphylactic shock. The thing that I didn't understand is whiskey knew that he was allergic to pineapple. Well, right. And I didn't understand either because anybody who, they all would have known he was allergic to pineapple if they were all best friends like they were, which we did all know by that point that they were all best friends. They would have all known, especially if any one of them were drinking pineapple, they would right, have all they known. Would have been, right. And, and that. And I mean, he would have had EpiPens. I'm sorry. People carry EpiPens. I don't think that you get to be his age still alive with a pineapple allergy and not carry EpiPens. Correct. So, like, that was definitely a little bit of a... Right. And whatever. that's why I said, when I heard he was allergic to pineapple, I'm like, okay, he's either going to die or almost die. And he dies. And he dies. Right. And when he dies, they think he's poisoned. He was poisoned. Well, at first, they don't know what happened. Right. And then Benoit makes a point to say he was killed. And then all right. of a sudden, Miles makes it seem like it was meant for him because it was actually Miles's glass. That right. was the one he exactly. drank out of. And he's like, oh, my gosh, they're actually after me. And then it, he turns the tables to make sleight of hand to make everybody think right. that they were actually after. You know, it was this whole big thing. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Miles decides to make the lights turn out at 10 o'clock. Right. But we don't actually know that he decided to do it. The lights go out. No, he says. You missed it. Oh, he actually right. he said. Did. No, you're right. And that, he said, I right, decided was... to add to the element right. of mystery to make the lights go out for 20 minutes at 10 o'clock. And just before that happens, in rushes um, whiskey and said, I saw it's, it was, I know, oh no. She said, I know, before she did that, because she said, I know it was, I know it had to be, what's her name? I know Andy. it had to be Andy because I saw her rifling through our room. It was her, it was her, it was her. Remember? And yeah, then the and lights it's funny out. because, yeah. She came in right. running before. That makes so much more sense. My brain did not process that. And that makes so much more sense now that next time we see that scene, it makes much more right. sense. So anyway, so, everybody's running around and... And specifically, um, Miles is looking for Andy. Because Miles, now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it doesn't happen yet, yet. though. So now everybody's, so everybody's running, around running around in a around, dark house. Right. And they're trying to. Oh, wait. They're afraid. And we also find that his gun is missing. Right. That was really the thing that was so scary to everybody is that um, because he took his oh, gun everywhere. And before the lights go out, we also know that we're calling into the um, oh, shore. Right. Who says they can't come in. That's because when they the, find out about the, the freaking dock. The is a piece of shit. Right. Because he built the dock to only be accessible at low, low tide. tide. So they can't get a, 
a boat in there to do because he said he thinks he's been murdered but he won't know for sure until there's an autopsy but they can't get somebody to come pick the body up because they can't get in until low tide which is the next day so that happens they notice the gun is gone so now everybody's freaking out because they assume that andy took the gun and mayhem ensues and then the lights go go out the lights go out so now everybody's looking Everyone's screaming. Everyone's going back, trying to get back to their rooms. And, and we still don't know anything about Andy. We know nothing about Andy. And then we see Benoit is in the is on the stairs, and Andy comes running to him because Benoit is actually looking for Andy. And Andy comes running to him, and they're having a conversation, and you know what's right. going on, kind of conversation. And they're talking and he's like, don't worry. And he's trying to console her. And he's like, no, don't worry. We got it under control. It's okay. You're the only one. Right. Who has the peace. But I know how. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then she's, she's shot. shot. And we see there's a person with a gun behind the glass, big glass window with a leather glove on. Right. And she gets shot. And he always see. Then is him turning with tears in his eyes. Everybody comes running. Right. And they see her lying there dead. And he's like, she's gone. Then he says, everybody come, oh, no. come with me. Right. They want everybody to be in the same room right. everybody together. Everybody come with me. And then and he starts. The- right. And, and then all of a sudden he starts talking and then we get a different viewpoint of what actually happens. And that's when we find out that it turns out Andy is actually Helen, right? And that and that Andy is is Helen is Andy's twin sister, and that Andy was actually killed. That right. Andy was murdered, and that she, but it was look they made it look like a suicide, and that and and that Helen came to Benoit Blanc's house with you know a week before right, with, with a completely broken, broken box. box, and that. That's what how the whole story goes, and that there were all these little things that we did not pick up, which is all they call them. The, they're all Easter eggs in here right. that we didn't hear, and that when you think about it and you think back, maybe you did see them. So we only mm-hmm. picked up on two of them, both of us separately. Right. Mine was the one where the recorder was dropped into right. the Well, ha- so here's the thing. But before you get there, they made a plan to actually for her to go and be Andy. And because she knew that one of them had had something to do with her sister's death. Because Andy actually, before Andy died, Andy did find the original napkin that had all the plans that would exonerate her. Right. Would prove that she was the one who came up with the formula that started their company. And proved that all those that, people lied under oath. Right. Exactly. And she had sent them all an email with a picture of her holding an envelope that said, you know, guess what? And, right. Um, and then... And the thing is, the reason why her sister found it is she was looking, she's like, if it was a suicide note, then she would have left a, you know, or suicide, she would have left a note, she would have whatever. So she looked in her computer, she was looking everywhere. And, um, and she found that email and she found that nobody had responded either. But that's when we find out that everybody did respond. They went to her house and that's why everybody chased But That's so, we don't know that until like so far to the end though. About the going to her house part. Because first, let's talk about the fact that her and Benoit have to put together a plan. Right. And now we see it from the beginning. And it's all behind the scenes. It's the perspective of 
you know, Benoit and Helen planning every single moment out. And running every single moment. Like all the times when she's like behaving like Andy, but really being Helen with like ransacking and saying things and acting like a cuckoo person. And right. then well, like, so like, like, calm down, stop drinking the kombucha. Well, right. So she's a lightweight. She doesn't drink. She doesn't drink alcohol at all. And she had been drinking the hard kombucha and she was getting dr- And she didn't know it was hard. So like there were all these moments then and you see that she didn't some she didn't know a lot of things. So it was hard for her to know the right thing to say, but he was like, "Wow, you really did a great job at that." And they kind of got to the point where he was like, "I guess it's the it was the alcohol, you know, it was like her courage. She needed that liquid courage." So then he kind of stopped bugging her about drinking. But, um, yeah, then, like, you see it all that way. And then you see other pieces to it. So you see that Whiskey and Dave Batista are actually working together. Right. And they're trying to get... And that's why I said I don't think we saw all of it. Because this is when we see um, Dave is saying to Whiskey, you need to do whatever you can do. So the plan is for her to seduce Miles. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And that's when... He says to much, he says, there is no way I'm ever going to put a guy who was hawking rhino pills. Right. So that's when we heard that. We, we heard it twice. I don't know that we heard, we heard all it once or whatever. Right. It's fine. So, um, no, but so the other thing is when they were all, when she was yelling at them upstairs, when they were sitting outside, not at the pool, right. The people that came after her, that was when they came and said, we did come after you. Right. We did come to your house. And that was when Dave Batista saw Miles driving away. Driving away. Well, and and then he broke that was the Easter egg we didn't see, which was when he, Dave Batista, said, I saw you and you almost pancaked me. Right. When coming home from and D- and he goes, Anderson Cooper's birthday party. Right. So that's one of the other like cameos. It wasn't a cameo because he said before he could finish that sentence, he said Anderson Cooper's birthday party. So we didn't know. That really would have been tough for anybody to catch that he was saying Andy's house. Right. Because he wasn't. He was saying Anderson Cooper's birthday party. And there were a couple other things that happened, like... Um, a necklace that Whiskey had. Right. And that, she was a Taurus. That and that she was, was a Taurus and that he gave it. Right. So, but he does say in the first half, he did give it to her as a birthday present when he was in New York. So there were all these things, right? Like, so he was in New York during her birthday. It was a Taurus. She was in May. So when they lined up all the dates, but there were all these little, so t- tell me some of the other things. Cause my brain <laughs> that we find out when they are when they're doing their little like backwards plan. Well, first of all, we want to find. Well, we more find out. out that both. Um, we find out that um, Catherine Hahn's character that she had already signed off on using right the hydrogen fuel. So this is also when we find out we didn't know already that it was like the Hindenburg because right. then they started talking about it and what they realize what Benoit realized is that. The gas, it became hydrogen gas when it was was used as fuel inside the pipes. It was like the byproduct was hydrogen gas, which was turning every house in America into the Hindenburg Hindenburg is what they said. And right, everybody was 
he was bankrolling everybody so much to the point that they could not extract themselves. And basically, the people that were important to back what he was doing was really Lionel and Claire, because Claire was a politician. She was right, exactly. But I think ultimately, the other piece was they all lied under oath for him, too. And if this document came out, they all also all knew that it was a lie. Right. So everybody became... So every time they went through that little clue card she made, they were trying to... Every time they went through that little clue card that she made, they were trying to figure out who had motive and who had opportunity. And by the time they went through everybody, everybody had motive and everybody Everybody had had opportunity. opportunity. Right. Because they all went to the house and they all. Right. And that's the thing. What we kind of, I stopped you or whatever was when you were saying that, you know, when they stopped her on the stairs and everybody said, we did. And when they were, when she was like, well, you never email me back. And that's, I think, when everybody also started to get kind of confused because she wasn't at her house, but she said it it was like she should have known Claire would never have emailed her back because Claire was a politician and certainly she wouldn't have sent an email. So like the real Andy probably would have known that. Right. So there were all these little pieces now that like where you could see from the second half of the story where you're kind of amazed that the story didn't fall apart sooner, where she wasn't found out sooner. Right. But one of the things they dis- they they like had an epiphany about was that if she had gone through everything in her sister's house, she like she ransacked her sister's house because she was she was looking for something, anything that would that would um, point to who might have done this. And the one thing she didn't find in her sister's house was the envelope. Right. So they knew that the killer had to have the envelope. Right. So that's when he instructed her when the lights went out to go find the envelope. To go find the envelope. And she found it in his office in plain sight. Mm-hmm. And she found it. Well, but what happened is. I'm not sure I understand. Thanks, Siri. Um, what happened is she actually ransacked all the rooms and, and didn't fuck. And they didn't find right. anything. And then that's when that's they, when they realized. And that was that moment, the scene where we see that she gets shot by actually Miles. But then the great because we're all oh left my like, gosh, Ugh. so we're like, oh yeah. my gosh, so she actually died, she, and then we and think so, it's terrible, and we still think she died because here's the thing: like we know there's a moment where she gets shot, and we see her dead. So we're seeing this story over again from the beginning, from the perspective of Helen, and like in it, I'm like. Holy shit, that's why he was crying. He was crying because he has this relationship with Helen. Right. And, and that she, she's innocent. And that she's innocent. And that even though she, he said she was going to be in danger, he certainly didn't think she would get killed. Right. And now she's dead. So we see the story over again, thinking in the end, it's still going to culminate with her dying. Right. And this scene, this, and in the story, we actually also see that Helen showed up to his house with a completely smashed box you know that you said that already. did i say that oh, yeah sorry. it's okay anyway the best part of it was that the journals that she had been keeping that were her sisters were in her breast pocket and it stopped, stopped the, the bullet. bullet so so what they did then was they used the so hot he right so there was just this like quick moment where they're trying to figure out what they should do and then you know benoit's like wait a second the killer thinks you're dead so 
how about you be dead? And he's got the Jeremy Renner's hot sauce in his pocket. And they put the hot sauce all over her to make it look like there's blood everywhere. And then he takes hot sauce and puts it in his eyes. And then he uses the word shit balls. To make it look like he's craying. Crying, crying, <laughs> and then she gets some, hot, and then she gets a little drip of hot sauce that goes and, down and drips right into her nostril. And she has to keep her keep it together when yeah, that and happens. Not sneeze. Yeah. So, um, so then they all think that she's dead, and this is kind. This is when he herds everybody upstairs, upstairs, and he brings it all out and lays it all out. And while that's happening, her job is to go search the glass onion, right? While he is kind of unpacking the story. Right. And, you know, he's doing that, here's how it happened, kind of monk Columbo thing. And he's, and that's when he starts talking about his first thing was that he realized that Miles Brown was an idiot. Right. Oh, and all the things that Miles Brown said. Every single thing he said, you know, originally he used the word. What was his first word when he said everybody should like decompress or relax oh, or what was that word? I really wish I had written these down because I wasn't really thinking about the Well first um, these guys are all they all called themselves disruptors. Disruptors, right. Which is ridiculous. I want the Miles Brown. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So when they first get there, he says, inbreviate. Yes, inbreviate. He said, let's all inbreviate. And what, what did he call the island? I mean, the the uh, the the sea. He didn't call it the right sea either. Right. Did he say it was like the Caspian Sea no, or something? No, he gave it a completely it wrong Aegean? name. Nearly struck my Achilles heel, but thank heaven at the last moment I realized. Inbreviate is not a word. What? Can we take a second? It's not a real word. Now, Reclamation. Now, well, that is, but that was the wrong word. The place is, this place is the full reclamation of everything I've achieved up to now, this entire day, the predefinite detective, the veritable minefield of malapropriisms, the infraction point, the factual errors, but in the sun swim in the Ionian Sea. Oh, right. That's the Aegean Sea. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. It is. And his dock doesn't float. His Wonder fuel is a disaster. His gasp of disruption theory is remedial at best. He didn't design the puzzle boxes. He didn't write the mystery. A voila, it adds up the case to this entire case. It was staring at me right in the face. Like everyone in the world, I assumed Miles Brown was a com- was a complicated genius. But why? Look, into the clear center of the glass onion. Miles Braun is an idiot. Oh, please, just tell us who tried to kill me. Nobody tried to kill you, you vainglorious buffoon. Duke took my glass. That's what you tried to tell us he did. You must have picked it up by mistake. You told us right after it happened. But let's look. Right. And then he goes into what did we What did we actually see? see? And then it's the whole thing. Right. And then clear as crystal right in front of our eyes, a bold face fabrication. Right. And then it's, did you tell us that you actually killed him? Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then when. And then he goes into the whole thing about and being then, pancaked and about him right. being in Greece for six months. And then. Right. And then. Right. And he said he was in Greece for six months. But how could that have been when he was actually in New York during the month of May? And. 
when he said he was, and he said, how could I have missed that when he said he was pancaked? Because he said it in his new car, remember, with his brand new car. And he had said how long he had had that car and that that car goes everywhere with him. So there was a lot of those clues. And then she comes downstairs with the envelope and she's holding up the actual thing. And then she points out that it has that the watermark wa- from, right, from, and then a- he lights it on fire. Okay. Like you just went over that so fast instead of, but it doesn't matter. He lights it on fire and right. then it burns he lights up. it on fire and burns it up. And then, then all then of them she, stand out. And yeah. They all stand there and, and they refuse never saw to say that they saw it. So she's like, but you all saw it. So like, Everything gets thrown out right in front of their faces. They are all flabbergasted. They are all clearly like, holy shit, we backed the wrong guy. Not even in the sense that like we didn't know we were backing the wrong guy. But really, you can tell that they wish they hadn't. That being said, they still do it it because none of them are willing to give up their lives. And she's like, you really are a bunch of shitheads. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's like, well, I didn't see it. All I see is a pile of ashes. And he is taunting her. And so that's when Benoit hands her, hands her a glass. And I, so I don't, I didn't know he said, here you go. Oh, you didn't know? I knew he handed her the. No, I knew he handed it to her, but I. I didn't know, like, there was part of me that was like, do they think it's poisoned and do they think something will happen? Because that, to me, was a weird little loophole, okay? So if and if he knew Andy was really Helen, then why didn't he try and kill her sooner? You know, why wait until all this stuff happened, right. you know? Um, because oh, what we discover too is that when when his phone was blowing up, it was blowing up because news of Andy's death had broken. Part of the reason why this whole thing worked was because nobody knew they hadn't released the fact that Andy was dead dead yet. And so that he said, "Can you hold it off?" And she said, "Yeah, you know, I can hold. I'll try and hold it off longer." But it broke while they were on the island, and nobody else had their phones with them. Everybody else put their head up, kept their phones away. But you know, because Dave was all like social media, he had his phone with him all the time, and it was Bing, 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 because everybody, every social media channel, everybody was tweeting, everybody was writing stories. People were even reaching out to him, saying, "I'm so sorry for your loss." Exactly, and that's when he made the deal, and he says, "So this changes everything," because this is when Dave Batista realizes that when he saw him coming home, come leaving Andy's house. That he must have been the one who killed Andy. Right. So that's when that happened. And that's why he killed him. So that's how we figure that out. And that's how they offer. And Whiskey even like, you see, she's going to be the first one to break. You can tell she's going to be the first one to break. So that was like, you start rooting for her more. Also, second story, you root for her more. Right. First story, you're like, Ugh, what is her problem? Second story, you're like, okay, she's got a mind on her. So then he gives her the drink. And she just is like, you know what? Screw you, shitheads. And like walks around the room. So he's there in this room with these beautiful crystal sculptures everywhere. Walks around the room, dropping the crystal sculptures, just hitting them, knocking them down, knocking them down. And like just like kind of taunting him. And wow, this feels good. And, you know, all of a sudden, like 
I was it Birdie who was the first one who decided to knock one down too, or was it Whiskey? One of them decides to knock one down too, and they're like, "Yeah, you're right. This does feel good." So they all start knocking down some of the statues. So like it's you know the guy is starting to crumble, but they kind of stop and she keeps going, and then. She starts really destroying things. She destroys Liberace's glass piano. She destroys Liberace's glass piano. She starts, and they're like, and, you know, Helen, Helen, it's enough. It's enough. And she's like, nope, it's not enough. And she starts just destroying all of this stuff. And then what you realize, like her, what she's doing, which it was like crazy cuckoo. I didn't, we didn't really think about it. But then she's like, she's going to start a fire so she has the lighter that he used to light her little napkin on fire and she had broken the bar right and like liquor is leaking everywhere and she starts a fire and once the fire starts everyone's like you know stop stop andy stop and she starts throwing throwing pillows, pillows and all, everything she can to make the pillow the fire get bigger and bigger and, and then bigger. the, the alarm goes off on the mona lisa and she gets this look in her eye and he's like no and she's like she just, they show this, like, slow motion, like, she starts running. No, you're no, missing. First, first. She needed first, the water. She needed the water. She needed the water. You're right. She, what she was trying to get happen was she was trying to get the fire so big that the sprinklers would turn on. Correct. When that happened, she had in her hand. The clear crystal. The clear crystal. The little teeny, teeny piece of fuel. She threw it in the fire. And it started an explosion. Massive explosion. Massive explosion. Because also, we discovered sometime in between there, which we didn't say, the house was being run by that fuel. I said it in the very beginning. Did you? Okay. That house was being run by that fuel. So anything that happened of that magnitude, any kind of explosion, was going to start other explosions inside the house. So that happened. Explosion happened. Fire everywhere, people thrown back, like, you know, which, first of all, there was not enough blood. That's all I have to say. Everybody was like, okay. And there was glass everywhere. They should have been, like, Covered in shards of glass. But he, they both, at the same time, kind of looked at the Mona Lisa, and she starts running. And I'm watching her run in this glass, thinking anybody else would wipe out. It's like marbles. It was like she was running on marbles. So somehow she managed to not be running on marbles. And then you saw the button that was like in that clown or whatever. Yeah. And they went racing for the button and she hits the button and the thing goes up on the Mona Lisa and the Mona Lisa burns. And it is gone. Why? Why the Mona Lisa? It's interesting. So, um, it's interesting that you say that because there was some, um, a friend of, um, Ryan Johnson's decided to take a poll after that scene to see if the Mona Lisa burned, would you be more likely to go visit the ashes of the Mona Lisa or a replica of the Mona Lisa in the Louvre? Everybody said the ashes. Yeah. You know? So it just goes to show how iconic, I mean, it is, it is part of our lives. So the Mona Lisa burns, his car crashes, like everything, the house is exploding. You know, they get out of the house 
he's just yelling at her, screaming at her. What, you know, what does this give you? What did you get from this? Like, oh, and they did all. um, And so, and he's, and she's, and they're out there and. And then all of the the people people start start going, I I saw saw him. Right, right. I saw the napkin. Right. I saw him leaving Andy's house. I saw him and they all start just confessing. Right. And like, and you know, this is the moment where they, you're, they're saying that they will. Right. They'll stand up. They'll speak the truth. And then she's, he's yelling her like, you know, why? I'm sure he called her bitch, whatever. And why do you, you know, what, what does this even get you? What does this even get you? And, um, and she's, and I can't remember what she said. And then he's, and then she said, well, you always wanted to have your, your name, name be in the same sentence as the Mona Lisa. And now it will be forever. Right. And you were like, wow. Yeah. Way to go. I mean, she was kick-ass. Like, through that whole movie, she was definitely the actress that stood out to me, for sure. I mean, obviously. she was amazing. She was, I mean, she was clearly the main character. Her and Benoit Blanc were clearly the main characters. Even though, in the beginning, you don't know that she's a main character. But she still feels like one because her acting is so fantastic. And she is different from everybody else. She is separate then, you know, or then. Um, she is one of them, but not one of them. Right. So her story is more interesting than theirs just because you're trying to figure out why. And you know that her and Miles started the company together. Also, the second half, you actually see how they came together and that she was the one who brought them all together, that they were friends with her first. Right. And that when she met him and she brought him into their group and he was nobody before that. Right. He He was was like some nobody nerdy. Right. Exactly. He didn't have any friends and he didn't have any girls and he didn't have any of that. And it was all because of her. And they came up with that formula together, but she came up with the formula. Right. They decided to start the company together because he was, you know, she felt that he was very smart, but he clearly wasn't brilliant. Right. And she was. So you see that too, but through it all, like I said, even before you know that how important her character is to the story, she's just phenomenal. Yeah. So we didn't even talk about Daryl, the guy who just walks through. Oh, yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. He was kind of a cameo, too. I guess he's somebody who's been in other movies. I, you know, guys, we're like not all up on all the new, latest, newfangled things because we only like what we like and not what other but people like. But that's okay because we don't have to like anything Yeah. Else. But there was a, his, he had a friend who was just living there. He's got troubles. He's got, yeah. he needs some help. Don't worry about him. And, just and I was around. wondering if he was going to be something in that way, but he wasn't. No, he was never something. He was just, he was probably just his companion when nobody else was around. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the movie was fantastic. It was. I loved it. And we heard a couple people say, or one person say, they didn't think it was that great when they saw it in the theater. But that was somebody you knew, I thought. No, I don't even remember. You know, to be honest, I don't even remember. But all I have to say is, I would have seen it twice in the movie theater. Yeah. If it came out in the movie theater again, I would go. go. Yep. Yeah. So, you know what? Movie people, put it in the theater again. Because we would see it. I wonder if that's going to happen. I wonder if you look at something like that, or maybe the contract says it can't. But I wonder if you look at something like that and say the first weekend it was out, it had 81 million views. Um, 
Oops. Yeah, no doubt. We should have put that in the theater. Could you imagine? I mean, what does it get for Netflix? Nothing. I don't even know. I mean, I would be pissed. And I think I'm guessing there's a little bit of Ryan Johnson that is pissed because I can't imagine how much money he would have made if it did. But yeah. So that being said, it was, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thumbs up for me. I say, go for it. Go see it. Watch it. Watch Make sure it you're paying time. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure you're paying attention. Yeah. And you know what? I even if you haven't watched it and you listen to this podcast, you will see things we didn't see. For sure. And I mean, obviously we jumped around a lot and we didn't tell you all the details anyway, so there's still so much more. But even with, you know, re- and realizing Danielle saw things I didn't. So I'm thinking, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You're saying this and that's not true. But it she saw these things that you know, he goes back and he and we see them happen then in real time as Helen doing them. Right. And we're like, huh. And I saw the drink switch. Which I never saw. And it was super obvious to me, too. So I was like, ah, that's obvious. And I did not So I'm it. interested to see what you think now when you see it again, when yeah. you see that drink switch. I'm excited to see it again. All right. Well, <clears throat> this is uh, Stereo Sisters and we both clearly loved this. But don't say our goodbye yet. Okay. Because, guys, guess what? what? We're opening up a t-shirt shop. Yes. You have to visit our t-shirt shop. It's called Mediocrities, and it is not going to be up probably until after the first of the year. So January but, 1, so 2023. January 1, 2023. And the, it is Mediocrities.com, which is M-E-D-I-O-C-R-E-T-S. Dot com mediocrities.com I'll actually put it in our um if I can I'll put it in our little intro notes so that people can find it or just replay this mediocrities.com and they're hilarious and you will learn a lot more about our personalities if you go to work for you love us or hate us doesn't matter but our podcast is great so we have heard Yes. I love messages from our fans. Hey, if you want to message us, instant message us on Facebook, I think. Or I think that's the easiest way. Our Facebook page. Yep. Serious Sisters. Totally. Well, thanks for leaving. This has been Watch This, Not That with the Stereo Sisters. If you like our podcast, we hope that you'll follow it. And we'd love if you leave us a comment as well. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>